Ramblers, let's get rambling. To another episode of Ramble with Russell, show 549 of my podcast, the home intelligent rambling right here on the Talk Show Network in one of the longest running single hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. I'm your host, Russ Hale. Got a terrific show lined up for you today as we talk a trio of things. I'm going to start things off with the life of the party on Blu ray. Sorry, I'm Melissa McCarthy. Courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Video. Then we go to the Here and the Now, Season 1, courtesy of HBO. And wrap things up with, Infin- uh, with Avengers Infinity War, courtesy of Walt Disney Home Video. That's all in this episode of Ramble with Russell. So I'm going to take a little musical interlude right up the first review of the show. My first Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Life of the Party, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Video, starring Melissa McCarthy in the main role. Now, this is a interesting movie. Uh, what it is, it's basically a comedy. In this movie, Melissa McCarthy stars as Deanne, or Dee Dee, uh, who kind of has... Uh, the movie starts where her and her husband, uh, uh, Matt uh, Dan, played by the brilliant Matt Walsh, of course we last saw in Veep as Mike, they're, they're taking their daughter, to, uh, Maddie, played by Molly Gordon, to college. And they established very early on that Deanne, um, Deanna had went to the same college, but she never finished it. She got right to the last year, Dropped out to have the kid, has always kind of regret this. And just as they're driving away, uh, you know, dropping the daughter off, the husband drops the bomb on on good old Dee Dee that he wants a divorce. That he's fallen for a local realtor. And so her being devastated and all, she she's just like, I don't know what to do. And then she's, oh, while well, I'm at the campus college, Maybe I'll, you know, you know, re-enroll after more than probably 20 years or close to it of going to the school. Now, this is kind of movie magic for you, if you will, because only in a movie can, only in a movie, you know, in the world of movies where vampires sparkle and werewolves have magic pants, can you suddenly say, you know, I, I want to, after, after well, close to 20 years or so, I'm just going to resume my college career. I'm just going to do that. Just show up, just sign up, boom, bomb, bing, and go to school. At the start of the semester, right the first day. Only in movies does this work. <laughs> and so, spoiler, she gets in. Now, Melissa McCarthy is one of these actresses, Ah, uh, you know, I just don't get. She, she, to me, tries to be a female version of the late great Chris Farley. And like, look at me, I'm a full-figured woman, and I'm funny, just like he was a large guy and funny. So she, she, she kind of constantly plays this role. Now, this is the, this is her third outing with her with her husband, um, who is the director of this particular movie. 
Ben Falcone, who has a small part as an Uber driver uh, in the movie. Uh, previously to this, they did Tammy and they did The Boss. This is their third uh, feature together. They have a fourth in the works right now. So, so that that is that is the the team here. So, I've never been a really big fan of hers. I never watched Mike and Molly. So, just keep in mind, Ramblers. Uh, she's not one of my favorite actresses. Uh, she was somewhat funny in The Heat with Sandra Bullock, although it really helped having Bullock be such a straight-faced character to her who was completely wacky. So you have that going. But overall, not one of my favorite actresses. And this movie really, really tries to make you like her. Like, they really like to go, you know, she's this poor, middle-aged-ish woman, sort of close to, but we don't really say her age. That that's trying to reinvent your life, and I'm I'm all for that. When I went to college back in the day, there was a woman in her sixties that was attending uh, my program along all us twenty year olds, and and I, I I applauded her effort for going to this. But I'm pretty sure she didn't show up, you know, first day of school and said, "I'd like to uh, I'd like to apply." It just doesn't work that way. So so, so that's the premise. As as she and and she's going to our archaeology class. Uh, apparently, she wants to be the next Indiana Jones. And 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 you know, as only can happen in movies, what a coincidence! The teacher of this archaeology cha- class is one of her former classmates who actually finished the course. And he does all these jokes, and they're very kind of punny and very on wordplay. And all the, his twenty-year-old students are going, "I don't get it." So. <laughs> <laughs> that's that so it's basically her trying to survive school and adapt to it while while her her, her ex dan is just being a real kind of i need to move on with my life kind of thing um overall i mean they they, they do try to send the sympathy at one point she she comes to school looking like a mom soccer mom so her daughter they go to a frat party <laughs> and so her daughter says you know what? Uh, you know this look you have is just not working. So, so she starts moving with glasses, and and the daughter like takes her into this, this stranger's bathroom, you know, and and gives her a makeover. Takes off the glasses, says, "You don't need those anymore," because <laughs> you're prettier without glasses. Um, and and then brushes her hair, and they use a comb in this house. Total stranger's home. This stranger could have had lice or whatever. Oh, let's just use a stranger's brush to change her hair. And they give her a makeover. And 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 the glasses are completely forgotten. So at one point you're thinking, well, didn't this woman need glasses to function? And then they, then you, you assume as the movie goes on, somehow she got contact lenses. But you never see her put them on. never see her put them in. You never see her get them. Just her glasses get dumped in the stranger's house in a sink and just left. Again, movie magic. Also in this one, Dee Dee uh, falls for a local college kid <laughs> called Jack. This guy is, oh, almost probably, he. she's probably, they play it as she's like old enough to be his mother. And they have sex in the movie. Now, I know all of you are thinking, hey, we're going to get some nude scenes with Melissa McCarthy. No, you don't. 
It's very PG sex. You see kind of the afterwards. You don't see any. It's not HBO, people. So so you're not getting the... You're not seeing Melissa McCarthy bump and grind it with a, a guy that's almost half her age. It's all right. No. But it's implied. Uh, the humor is is what it is. So at one point in this movie, they throw a, a fundraising party for, for, for Dee Dee. Because apparently in this augmented reality... You once you pay for school, you you still have to pay it. Somehow she just it's implied she starts school for free, and then the people at the school go, "Hey, wait a minute, we need the monies." And her douche of an ex husband is like, "No, we're cutting you off." So they have to raise money for her, like right away. And I'm thinking, what the what? At this point, she has been in school for weeks, weeks. And what they say, and now they come after her for money. It's like, wouldn't you? And the last time I went to college, now this is more than twenty years ago. Maybe things have changed. You pay your money up front. You pay it at the start of the school year, and you're good uh, till it's done. There's none of this. We'll pay a little bit and then pay a little bit later thing. It's it's all or nothing at the start, and <laughs> so, and then the fundraiser. They 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 put up this giant picture of her in one of the frat houses, I think, and it's like, okay, you're trying to raise money. How did you find the cash to put up this giant poster of her? And how did you do it so quickly? It's like a professionally done poster, and like, it's like, what? Oh, and uh, another goof I saw that they pointed out on IMDb. The uh, at one point she says to a student, "You look kind of like a little Voldemorty," and then later another student references her Dumbledore, and she doesn't get the joke. B- huh? If you made a joke about Voldemort, you should know about Dumbledore. Sorry. So, again, little things like that. Overall, it is what it is. If you are a fan of Melissa McCarthy, check this out. I don't think, this is one of these movies and shows, I don't think I am the target audience for this film. I really don't think I am. Uh, quotes, because you know, folks, I love reading quotes. Melissa McCarthy is a humor hurricane, according to Neil Ponder Parade. Uh, I don't know if it goes as far as humor hurricane. For extras in this one, you do have um, a feature from the 80s party. That's one of the things of the movie. I did enjoy the 80s music when it went to the 80s party. Some of the clothes were way out there. But I did enjoy the 80s music for a little bit of time. So thank you for that. Uh, Mom's Sandwich. This is <laughs> it's extra. In the movie, Melissa bases the parents, her parents in this movie, play her dad played by the great Stephen Root. His scenes are far too short. Stephen Root always makes a movie, a movie better with him in it. Any show, you gotta have Stephen Root. Uh, so, so he he plays the father uh, of Mike and and her parents. This movie, Mike and Sandy, they are actually based on Melissa McCarthy's real life parents, who are never interviewed in the extras. Uh, so she she uses them, and apparently Melissa's mom is like. Do you want a sandwich? Let me just make you a ham sandwich. You want a sandwich, right? <clears throat> this is a running gag. Apparently, Melissa McCarthy says with her mother. So she puts this on film. So I don't know if her parents are too happy about her, their portrayal in the movie. Uh, you get uh, a, a buttload of deleted scenes. Lionel Rama. 
which is where a lot in comedies these days, they go for multiple lines for the same film, uh, scene. Also, a Bill Haterama. It's seen in the movie where they're at dinner. She's at dinner with some friends, and the couple is really kind of bland and boring. And and Dee Dee and her friend just rip into them like there's no tomorrow. And it's like, if they were that boring, why did you invite them to dinner in the first place? Uh, that kind of thing. And then there's a gag reel. No audio commentary, which is surprising. Uh, you'd think he'd be a director who would do that, but no! No audio commentary by the director or Melissa McCarthy in this movie. Overall, it, it is what it is. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's somewhat predictable, especially the ending, uh, to a degree. And it uh, so take it what it what it what it is. If you're a fan of Melissa McCarthy, you'll like this movie. I said I feel I'm not the target demo for this, so I didn't maybe appreciate it as much as somebody else would. The you know <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, so so that um, but they they really try to make you care about her. The, uh, so that is my take of life of the party full velocity. Uh, starring Melissa McCarthy, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Video.
TV show on DVD review post episode is here and now. The complete season one, courtesy of HBO Home Video. Now, this show stars Tim Robbins as Greg Boatwright and Holly Hunter as Audrey Bayer. Now, Holly Hunter hasn't done, I think this may be her very first TV show as a lead. Now, you're thinking to yourself, Holly Hunter, I haven't seen her or heard her in ages. Well, actually, you have. She is the voice of Elastigirl in the Incredibles movie. It's it's funny. I hadn't seen her in a while, and I'm going, I know that voice. I know that voice. And yeah, she's Elastigirl. There you go. She's aged quite well, too, I might add. They play the parents of a very mixed uh, family. They have one natural daughter, Christ, uh, Kristen, played by uh, Sosie Bacon, but the rest of their kids, uh, which which are Ramon, played by Daniel Zovato, uh, Ashley, played by Jerrica Hinton, and Duke, played by Raymond Lee, are all adopted kids. They they basically are the, the melting pot, which is America, and a very blended family. Now, as this show goes on, you really find out more about them. Now, I gotta admit, this is one of these shows where, like, the first few episodes in, it was like, you know, I'm just trying to trying to get get a handle on this family. It took me at least two or three of the ten to really kind of keep on watching. The story this season kind of revolves a lot around Ramon, the 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 one one of the kids. And and the visions he starts to have. Now, this isn't just a story about the boat rights. It's also uh, a bit of a, um, a, a dual family story. Because at the start of the season, Ramon gets these weird visions of 11-11. And he's not sure what's going on. And there's a bit of a history of kind of cuckoo-ness when it comes to Audrey's brother. Uh, so, so they're naturally concerned, so they send him out to a doctor, to Dr. Fareed Chakiri, played by Peter McDizzy. So we, we basically have a, um, a, a, a kind of combination here going off of, of the Shakiri family and, yeah, the, uh, I see, sorry, the Shakrani Sh- family, sorry. And in the boat rights, because he goes to Doctor Shakrani, and 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 we find out as the season goes along that that family has their own mess of problems. Fareed, or Fred, as he likes to call himself, went through a very troubled childhood, and all the other kids too were kind of rescued. Although we don't hear a lot about Ashley in this season, we find out the Duke uh, was rescued, uh, where his mom was basically a. Um, a, a Vietnamese whore, for lack of a better term, and 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 Ramon was a child that they rescued that that was living just in really poor conditions. Although later on we find out that maybe his rescue of him, the that they call baby Jesus, uh, maybe wasn't what they thought it would be. Ashley's, we don't know. Ashley is African American. Duke, of course, is Vietnamese, and Ramon is kind of Spanishy. We never really find out Ashley's kind of how they rescued her. For some reason, this whole season, they kind of leave that out. Maybe hopefully in season two, we'll find out more. But her storyline basically falls around that she she has a young young daughter and also she has a white 
husband. And as the season goes on, she she meets some people and she kind of questions, you know, her blackishness, I guess, for lack of a better term. So she has a bit of a and she makes some very questionable decisions. At one point, she she is interested in she's a fashion designer. Duke is a motivational speaker, and Ramon is an up and coming video game creator, if you will. And and early on in the season, Ashley makes a very dubious decision d- distinction. She's interested in a model because she she runs her own kind of clothing company, and she brings this young twenty year old model to their their dad's sixtieth anniversary uh, birthday party, and is almost like interested in him. And he ends up small spoiler here sleeping with Kristen. Now Kristen is a very interesting young kid. She's the only natural kid of all the kids. Uh, Kristen. And and she's a very, very much a free spirit in this. Now, keep in mind, this is an HBO movie. So, right off the bat, th- there is nudity, there are scenes of sexuality, and not just man-on-woman, but some man-on-man action going on here, too. So... As I always caution people with HBO shows, if you're at all prudish, probably shouldn't be watching this show. So, so we have, so we have th- this thing going on with Ramon, and this is kind of the through for the whole season because uh, when we get introduced to this the, the family that the psychiatrist is, we also find out that his wife she's she's deeply uh, spiritual Muslim. And he's kind of like not. And as we go on through the season, we realize, yeah, this is why he's not so big in his religion. And they have they have a son, uh, Navid, who is fluid, if you will. So in this show, it's like let's hit every diversity. We this is like the super diversity show. Navid, played by uh, Marwan Salama who, as the show, is, as the season goes on, gets an interest with, with Kristen as as well. So these families get tied together, and Fareed slash Red gets a very unhealthy obsession with Ramon because the stuff that he's seen in Visions and his game somehow ties into his life as well. It's really odd, and there's a huge tease this whole season in what this eleven eleven means, and we'll get to that in a bit. So we have that kind of going on. Also, we get introduced, uh, Ramon gets introduced, uh, has a love interest um, uh, early on in this season. Uh, Henry, uh, who who kind of uh, turns out not to be the man that you think he is. So so we have that going on as well. It, it's, it's an interesting story. You kind of get invested as you get more into it. And the ending... You you do get a payoff. So the whole season long, we're getting teased about eleven eleven, and right at the end of the season, there is a a definite payoff, and you really see this family kind of both families kind of unravel. We start off all blended family, all happy happy joy joy, but by the end, both families are not really in good shape. At the start of this, Tim Robbins character, he was sleeping with a prostitute. A Vietnamese prostitute, and and that comes back to bite him in a big way, and 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 Audrey goes uh, as far as 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 sleeping with another guy, and and at one point 
do you, you feel kind of, you know, sorry for her because she's kind of getting back at the Tim Robbins character. But at one point is, is it really, did really two wrongs make a right here? Does it really? And, and you feel kind of less sorry for her as the season goes on. Uh, so, so we have that going with that as well too. Um, so it's, it's a very interesting season and, and her love interest sort of kind of that she tries to raise money. Uh, I, I've seen him and other stuff before. So, so that's kind of cool. Uh, overall, uh, a very interesting season, not for kids. I'm going to tell you that right now. This is <laughs> not a kid's show. So just kind of keep that in mind. It, it very is an adult show. The the payoff at the end is very interesting. I'm I'm super curious to see where the show goes from here because at the end of this season, a lot of the family match, the other fam, both families are very fractured, and something happens. I don't want to spend you know spoil too much, but it definitely goes okay. Season two is going to start off in a very interesting way. Now I'm curious to see. If they pull a, a, a new BSG on this, and 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 they start the second season so many years later and kind of skip a thing, or they go right a second season right on the tails of the first, and not a lot of time has elapsed. We shall see, but there'll definitely be some repercussions to deal with in the second season. Uh, when it comes to extras, sadly, no extras on the show. There's no inside looks. There's no audio commentary. This is pretty much a bare bones uh, DVD release. Overall, uh, I think good performances in this. Uh, this is one of the best work I've seen Holly Hunter, Holly Hunter do in quite some time. Tim Robbins is terrific in this. I, they, they have a really good dynamic. And, and it's interesting to see how their relationships kind of both crumble at the same time. Overall, a really cool show to watch. Uh, I, I didn't get the whole premise of here and now until you kind of watch it. I, as I said, I warn you, it does take a few episodes to get into it to go, okay, this is, I'm starting to care about this family as opposed to, it's a bunch of messed up people. Uh, overall, uh, an interesting show. Again, if, you, if you're British, don't watch it. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Looking forward to season two. They've set up a lot of very interesting scenarios, a lot of possibilities. I'm very curious to see at the end of season two where the characters are. Because that season one, we've got a lot of people that just don't get along anymore for a lot of good reasons. And how many of them will get resolved in season two and how many of these relationships will stay fractured and broken. But they were. So we'll see. Uh, so, and and uh, so that's my take of Here and Now, Season 1 on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at HBO Home Entertainment. My daddy died 
A 4K Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Avengers Infinity War, courtesy of Walt Disney Home Video. Now, of course, uh, I talked about Infinity War way back when this came out in theaters a few months ago. I'm not In this review, I'm not going to give you the full review of the movie because I've already talked about it. So if you want to hear my full thoughts on Infinity War, feel free to go back in when the, around the, when the movie came out and I'll talk about the, what I think of the movie there, in there. This one, I'm basically going to talk about the movie a little bit, but mostly we're going to center on the extras that come on this 4K Blu-ray movie release. And I got to say, right off the bat, I love the slipcover packaging of this 4K. It's really shiny, and it's very pretty. And uh, again, to the artwork on this. Now, on this uh, 4K Blu-ray extras, and the movie itself, I'll briefly summarize it for some of you who maybe didn't, this interview, although I encourage you to go back and listen to it. To it. Uh, I, I really liked this movie. I thought it was very well done, Marvel. We had the culmination of 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. More superhero deaths in a movie that I've ever seen in all my years. A lot of them very shocking, especially near the end. I did not see a lot of these coming. It was great to see it in the theater. I thought the, the theater reaction was terrific and very much looking forward to Avengers 4 next May. So, beyond that, let's get into the extras, because there is... Now, on the packaging, and I'm going to call them on this, they say over two hours of bonuses. Okay. See, that's a little somewhat deceiving, because you're over two hours. A good chunk of that two hours is the audio commentary of this movie. The movie is over two hours and 30 minutes long, so, yeah, most of that two hours is audio commentary. Now, not to say the audio commentary isn't good. I did have a listen to it, uh, and the Russo brothers uh, talked, and it really was interesting. I encourage you, definitely listen to the audio commentary on this, although I will warn you um, that um, it, it does gain a lot of spoilers to the audio commentary until you watch the movie. When it comes to the the the, the main of the auto com- of the extras, you do get an intro by the directors, Joe and Anthony Russo. You get Strange Alchemy. This is the team ups and how then the choices they chose when it came to this movie. Very interesting featurette. Uh, the Mad Titan. This is a look into um, Thanos and how he's evolved over the time in the MCU. Beyond the Battle, Wakanda. This is a great little featurette, how they staged the battle at Wakanda. One of the most amazing superhero battles you'll ever see on cinema. Right up there with Lord of the Rings, in my opinion. Uh, Beyond the Battle of, of, of Titan. This is also a behind-the-scenes look on when they fought Thanos uh, on, on Titan World. So you get that kind of behind-the-scenes when it comes to that. You get a gag reel and deleted scenes. And all these featurettes are kind of short. I will warn you, I, I was kind of disappointed we didn't have a big grandioso uh, making of this particular movie. That We got a taste of it, but not enough, in my opinion. It was nice to hear the Russo brothers on commentary. I, I appreciate that they're one of the directors that isn't too big to audio commentary. So yay on that. They drop a few little hints for Avengers 4, but they're still very careful about what they give away. Now, one of the other bonuses is a, is a digital bonus offer of a director's roundtable. Now, Ramblers, I redeemed the digital code, but I don't know how to get 
this roundtable. And it sounds like really cool. It's all the directors from the various Marvel MCU franchise movies talking about how how they all made this kind of shared universe, if you will, almost wildcardsy, uh, kind of worked together and how they coordinated their efforts. I really wanted to watch that, but I have no idea what to get to it. I redeemed my code. I have my digital code, but I don't know where this roundtable is. So, Ramblers, if you're out there, let me know if you found how to get access to it. Tweet me, and I'll give you my Twitter account at the end of the show. Let me know how you got there, because I can't figure out. I'm very tempted to Google it, because uh, I feel other people may have the same problem. So that is your extras. Kind of light. Again, most of the ones, are most of your your, your meat of your extra is the audio commentary with the Russo brothers, along with uh, Christopher Marushka, uh, sorry, Mar- Markua, and Stephen McFeely. So it's it's there. I would have been cool if they had a separate audio track with the actors actually that starred in it. They, I mean, they don't seem to do that much anymore. They did that for all the Lord of the Rings movies, which I really loved having multiple audio commentary tracks. But that seems so rare for you between. Although I would have loved to have heard, heard Robert Downey Jr., Benedict Cumberbatch, and Helmsworth, and maybe even Tom Holland all talking together about making the movie. Although they couldn't really put Holland on because he'd probably spoil things for Adventures 4. <laughs> That's probably why you'll never hear him in audio commentary. Uh, overall, uh, a fun movie. It, 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 it is uh, a great culmination. Does it help to watch the previous Avengers movies before you watch this one? Absolutely. Uh, it does have a lot of weight to it. I'm very curious to see where they go for Avengers 4. There's a lot of talk uh, on this and what they're going to do. Still, we won't see a trailer for this till months from now. So uh, we shall see uh, what happens with that. I'm really curious to see how they solve the Thanos problem. I have ideas and theories, um, especially when it comes to the Time Stone, and we will see if they come to pass. Overall, a great presentation. I would have liked a little more meat in the bones that came to extras other than the auto commentary. I think there's so much potential, and I've seen better extras. You could have, uh, a scope of this movie, you easily could have put, uh, made enough of them to fill a second Blu-ray disc, but that didn't happen. Let's just hope that when Avengers 4 comes out in video sometime next year, around this time, that that'll be maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, extras with some more meat in the bones, if you will. Uh, so that is my take of Avengers Infinity War on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Home Entertainment. Let's unwrap things up for this episode of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can get in touch with me with a number of ways. You can always check me out on Twitter. I'm at RamblingRuss, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the tweets and retweets on Twitter, all the likes, all the Twitter love that you send me. Of course, you can always check me out on Facebook. Just type in Ramble with Russell in the Facebook search engine. You'll find my fan page. Please check that out and give it a like. And if you put any comments there, 
I will respond to them as well. I always appreciate feedback from the listeners. Any kind of um, content or packaging art, I generally throw it up on Twitter uh, when I do get access to it. Have a look there. Any kind of show updates, usually hit Twitter as well. Of course, you can check out all my new shows right here in the TalkShoe Network, the redesigned TalkShoe Network. Hope you guys enjoy the new interface. I had nothing to do with it, but I hope, hope you find it still navigational. And of course, I'm show 18411. Any reviews or comments are always appreciated as well. Of course, you can check out all my older shows at uh, my original website, where I have uh, over eight plus years of podcasting goodness, including interviews, reviews, and a lot of convention coverage back in the day when I used to do that. At http full colon backslash backslash ramblingrust.libsyn.libsyn is in November.com. That's original home on the internet, so check out the shows there. What's coming up on future episodes of the show? Oh, I got so much to talk about. This time of year, it's like Christmas for me, where I get a lot of good uh, releases coming up in August and September. It's Christmas cover only for the most time for me, not wood. Coming up, I will be talking about the fourth and final season of Star Wars Rebels on Blu-ray, courtesy of Walt Disney Home Video. So I'm making my way through Sneaky Pete, season one, courtesy of Sony. And down the road, we got a bunch of TV shows and DVD coming out of, uh, of, um, of Paramount. Hopefully getting my hands soon on Strike Back Season 5 as well, courtesy of HBO. And possibly in the future, still working my way through Scorpion Season 2 on DVD. And uh, possibly I'll review a few in the future of Batman Ninja on Blu-ray. That's all pos- coming up on future episodes of this very program. That is it for me. I thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time right here on Ramble with Russell. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>